Hello. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of You I Do. I'm Tania. And I'm Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> we did that backwards, but yeah. yeah. Y'all, y'all are going to love this episode. Oh. It's so good. Okay, it's long, but it's long for good reasons. Like, this was such a great episode. This this episode was so full. Like, there's so much information here. And I'll be honest, I did not expect to have so much that I took away from this episode. Like, going into this episode, I had no idea it was going to be this amazing like this gotta be one of our top exactly like usually you know i'll take notes like after you know while i'm editing stuff or i'll be like okay i need to go back to that episode later on but literally i got in my notebook and i started writing down stuff because it was that good stay tuned after this quick ad and enjoy this wonderful episode So, as you all know, we have a shop. Yeah, we've actually had a shop a lot longer than some of your favorite other shops. But look, you can shop there too. But right now, we want you to shop with Hue I Do. Go to shop.hueido.com and find stickers, mugs, sweatshirts, tees, and so much more for you, your bridal party, and your favorite wedding vendors. So, Thank us later, but enjoy it now. And so we have two very special guests with us. Yes, would you like to introduce yourselves? My name is Latoya. I'm a professional wedding officiant, premarital coach, and entrepreneur and newly new author uh, of WaningMoonWeddings.com. And I help couples create meaningful experiences at the altar for themselves, for their partners, and for their guests. Very nice. All right. Second guest. Peace, y'all. My name is Elenia Cruz Hampton. I'm a newlywed and I am a doula, herbalist and midwife in New Orleans. And I'm really excited to be on the podcast with y'all today. We Ooh. are so excited to have both yes. of you. And y'all surprisingly are first guests from New Orleans. I don't think we've had anyone from New Orleans. We've had plenty of Texas. No. Yeah, we've had folks from the DMV area and like Chicago and New York, Mm -hmm. but nobody from New Orleans. Y'all late. It's like, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Y'all right on time. Y'all right on time. And y'all got two great guests today. (laughs) Right on time. But that's still so New Orleans is it kind of is marketed as a destination wedding location because people from all over the world come here. But I think for us living here, weddings are just a part of our life, you know, events and things and conferences and and venues and all of that is just stuff that we live in. And I almost forget that it's still a specialty location. And some people are like, I can't can't wait. I I dream of getting married in New Orleans. I can't wait to be there. And I'm like, here, it's regular, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> it's regular, but I have to remember that there is a very special magic in the city of New Orleans that you're just not going to get anywhere else. And people still covet that and, and wait for it and are excited to have it on, on their special day. I was just getting ready to say there's a certain magic about New Orleans that people, I mean, it's the reason why New Orleans is what it is because of the magic that's here and people just gravitate towards that. Oh, for sure. I think it's like a huge part of like just the culture. You think of New Orleans and there's just so much like the city is loaded just by saying it, you know, like there are plenty of other places where you can mention it as a destination, but it's, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's just, you know, like you don't get that when you say Austin, Texas. It's like, oh, you know, like uh, there's young folks here, you know, like (laughs) whatever. There's so much. It's like, yeah, the you can say Austin, Texas, and, and we say, but it's not New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one place I've always wanted to go. But oh, I have yeah, you not, haven't gone. Yes, I've never gone to New Orleans. And that's like one place I'm like, I have to go. And the time period that I wanted to go, COVID came. And so I was like, okay, never mind. Next year. But I don't see that happening this year. So maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. going on. The city recently opened back up, you know, for its, you know, 100% situation. But New Orleans is super accessible. That's another thing that I love about it is like a tourist place or like, you know, a destination place is that traveling, you know, when you go to the Caribbean or you're going to someplace exotic, like it's beautiful and you're definitely going to have an experience. But I think that people kind of reserve those types of experiences for like lifetime things. Like, oh, I can't wait to go experience that and save up my money. But New Orleans is a very accessible place. I mean, you hop a plane, you get here, you get a hotel. You don't necessarily have to stay on Bourbon Street, but you stay kind of close to French Quarter. And then you walk everywhere else and you just experience the people. And you don't have to have, you know, there's no jet skiing or lavish experiences like that, but there's the culture, the magic, the city, you know, our history. And those are the things that last with you always. So New Orleans is definitely one of those trips that if it was on your mind, look at pricing, price it out and see what it looks like. And then definitely try to try to get it onto your schedule because it's super accessible and always worth it. The realest thing about New Orleans too is like, you can come on a food tour here and be satisfied and still be like, oh my God, I have to go back. And all I did was eat. So COVID or no COVID, as long as you have somewhere safe to stay and there's restaurants with good food open, it's still a vacation because <laughs> that, that good food, I'm telling you, it makes you feel a whole different type of way. Like you get all the like, I always call it like food highs. Like it's just you get this food high and you're happy and you're like, man, that was so good. Um, and it makes it, it can make your whole vacation here. You don't even have to like go to Bourbon Street. And, and honestly, some of the like touristy things like Bourbon Street aren't even all that is cracked up to be. If you go right outside of the French Quarter and you just are like kind of get, like roaming around the city, you'll find something really magical happening. It could be like, oh, I walked up on the second line or there was a drum circle at Congo Square. There's like always something going on, whether it's something small or big. There's there's always some magic magic happening in New Orleans. Ooh, y'all make me want to go tomorrow. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> okay, come on down. And just for anybody listening that does not know what the second line is, that's our parade in the street. You know, that's when you see people dancing with their handkerchiefs and they're dancing the street, their drinks. That's second line. Because I've realized that I've had guests at weddings and I'm like, okay, everyone get ready to second line. And they're like, 
what is that? You know, like the second line of what? (laughs) (laughs) So I've I've had to explain to them what it is and to kind of prepare them for doing it. So that's a reference point for anyone, anyone listening. Nice. Thank you so much for breaking that down. (laughs) (laughs) So a little bit about y'all just to get started. So Latoya, how long have you been in the wedding industry? I've been in the wedding industry now for six years. I'm in my sixth year currently. Okay. What what led you to it? Uh, refusing to go back to property management. <laughs> so I, I, I don't feel like my story is all that glamorous. Um, I found it on accident. I moved to New Orleans in 2015. And at the time, I moved from Maryland as a property manager and real estate agent. And I got here and the housing market here was horrible. And I was just like, I cannot go into this again. The money was not the same as up North. The working was not the same as up North. And I just could not see myself doing it. And I just was just thinking, what can I do that still gets to celebrate people at like those monumental times in their life? You know, I get to see a variety of people and do all these things. And at the time I was a spiritual um, practitioner. So I provided Uh, divination services and sold metaphysical items and curio and things like that. And someone said, well, you talk about, you know, you talk to people all the time. You have such a great voice. You talk about ritual all the time. Have you ever thought of doing wedding? And at the time I just figured, okay, well, it's just the certification or ordination I can get real quick. And it'll just be something I can do like on the side. And so I got ordained and my whole first year of being ordained, I didn't really talk about it. And one person booked me to do their wedding. And I was just like, okay, well, that was great. That was really fun. And at the end of the year, I set a goal. I said, all right, we're going to pull out this ordination. I'm going to hang it up. I'm going to tell people about it. I'm going to just start doing it. And then I set a goal for 50 weddings. And then my next year, I did 75 weddings. Right. And, And that was that year I realized like, oh, my goodness, like there's actually a pocket here that people aren't being served, you know. I'm younger, I'm black, I have tattoos, I'm all of these things that you just don't see as a minister, you know, and weddings. People had just decided, okay, well, we're just going to have this old white man and that no shade, you know, to old white men ministering, but (laughs) it's just what people had decided (laughs) was what it had to look like. And when people my face, they realize it doesn't have to look like that. It doesn't have to feel like that. So my third year, um, I did 150 weddings. Wow. Right. <laughs> and then that was the year I realized, OK, well, I can't do all the weddings by myself. And I tried to put together or I did put together a team of women that I headhunted. Eleni was actually one of those women. And I would just pull together a couple of women that had my same kind of vibe. And I said, do y'all want to learn how to do weddings? And I went through that motion. And then that year we did almost 225 weddings. It was like 223. It was five of us. And then that was too much. That was when I realized, okay, it takes six months to build a Honda, a year to build a Tesla. I want to be Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's real. cannot be to do as many weddings as we can hold. My goal needs to be authentic interaction with my couples from inquiry to altar and beyond. I have to be able to focus on that. And at the time I wasn't. So I got rid of the team and um, just kind of took my numbers down. Now my, my max per year is around 70 to 75 weddings on purpose. And I thankfully have every year have seen growth in 
following and income and inquiries. And it's just been a really beautiful experience to realize that in something that weddings, you would think that is already an emotional experience. People had been taking the emotion and ritual out of the actual ceremony and using it as like, well, we just have to do it to get to the reception. And when I noticed that was happening, I was just like, you know, I have to fill this space. I have to remind people what a wedding ceremony can feel like. And that has been where I stay. That's my lane and people connect with it. And it definitely feels like a comfy space for me to be, to serve. That is so true because I just think about everybody I know that is either planning a wedding or just had their wedding. It's like, no one cares about the ceremony. It's all about the reception. It's like the ceremony is just like a thing we have to do. Yes. yes. But we're just trying to party. We're just trying to like eat good food, drink, and dance. <laughs> like, and I think it. that's no why one... the time frame has like slowly gotten smaller and smaller. 15 minute yeah, smaller. ceremonies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 15 minute ceremonies. Yeah, one minute like, vows. <laughs> Exactly. And I have insight on that. I see Eleni is like, ready. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> from beginning, like from the very beginning, I'm like, no, this, this, people, we, yes, we're going to party. We're going to turn up in a reception, but people are coming to witness this. People come yes. to witness us, our yes. union. And yes. like, to me, that was the most important part. And like the people that were helping me originally at the very beginning of planning were focused on like reception and aesthetic. I'm like, I don't care anything about the aesthetic and the reception. Like my thing is how we going to be in ceremony because it's called a ceremony. It how is a ritual. Ceremony. What's Where the ritual going to be? What's it going to look like? Um, and my, I remember when I was telling my partner, when I was like receiving, like how our ceremony was going to be, he was like, I thought we were creating our own ritual. And I was like, we are like, this all like came to me from spirit. And he was just like, it seems so like, well like rounded and like together that I thought maybe you were borrowing from someone else or borrowing like something you had seen before and I'm like no but we need to put emphasis on this uh ritual and this ceremony because this is our relationship this is how we're moving forward in the world um and how we're we're moving forward together um these are promises that we're making to each other that I'm not taking lightly so you can play with me if you want to, but as soon as I hit that door at, on, on the wedding day, when I tell you, like, I felt a whole entire shift and it was from the ritual that we had set planning for that ceremony. And I always say that, you know, when, when you're planning, honestly, yes, your reception and your table settings and your tablescape and everything, but all those flowers, that arch that you're spending money on, that walkway that you're spending money on, 80% of your photos are from the ceremony. The rest are just people dancing. You know, like if you look at a wedding album, it's it's your couple shots, it's your singles, it's your family photos staged or whatnot, then it's your ceremony. And then the rest is just everyone dancing and having a great time, which is fabulous, but you're not printing those and hanging them on your wall. You're not gonna send those as a, as a family card or a holiday card. You're gonna think about your ceremony photos. You're gonna think about those pictures of the two of you in ritual, in ceremony with each other. So if you look at those ceremony pictures, you can't connect back with the feeling that you had at the altar. You're doing yourself a disservice. You should be able to remember being at the altar, what that felt like, who was up there with you, what the emotions were surrounding you, and then attach that to the picture. No one wants to print a picture with someone standing in the middle of them that you felt like you were standing up there with somebody who was judging you 
or who couldn't relate with you or who couldn't understand what you've been through to get to that point. So, you know, more than you know, that ceremony matters, even though you're excited to party and to dance or whatnot. When you think about your wedding day, when you think about you and your partner and the time that y'all spent, you're going to want to first go to that ceremony. And if your ceremony was trashy because you were just trying to rush off to the thing, you're like 10 minutes. OK, I want 10 minutes in and out. You don't have anything to anchor on to for those photos. You just help someone out there because you kind of put some things in perspective for me as well, you know, and everything that you just said is absolutely correct. Of course, when I was younger, like I just remember being in a ceremony for like an hour and I'm like, when is this going in? I'm t-. But now that I'm older, you know, now I'm, you know, understanding, OK, like, no, we need to spend some time here. Yeah. Because as you said, like this is going to, you know, I guess I like set the stage for everything else. <laughs> And my standard ceremonies are like the way that I write in terms of time. If you're in the church and you are having your family pastor or something like that, a minister over you, that's kind of where you get that hour because they're going to talk a little bit about you. They're going to talk about how they've watched you grow. They're going to talk about what you learned in marital counseling. Then they're going to minister you on your marriage from the Bible or whatever your religious text is. That's where you get that hour. When you don't necessarily have the foundation of religion there, I fall somewhere inside of 30 minutes or so. And my ceremonies are rooted in what you've told me about your love story, what marriage looks like to you, how you connect with each other, and how you connect with your communities and what the community means inside of your union together. And that's the flow of it. And then, of course, introduction and all those other pieces. But, you know, a good ceremony is about 30 minutes, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. And you don't want people to feel like I just got dressed up, ushered all into this room, had to find a seat, figure out you're looking at the program, you know, and I got to get back up and go. (laughs) (laughs) Just got here. Let, Let them feel something. Let them have some type of anchoring experience there. Give them a chance to laugh and cry and ooh and ah and then celebrate with you. You just pay, you're paying for these people to party for free. The least they can do is cheer for you and cry a little bit. Amen. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, man. That's so true, though. Oh, this is going to be good. You can already tell. Like, yes, yes. run my mouth about weddings. <laughs> what I do? <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. I can already tell. Okay. All right. We didn't even get to L. Okay. So, so you are already married, right? Yes. When did you get married? We got married on three twenty one twenty one, and even the date that we picked out was for a very spiritual purpose. Um, we were incorporating some numerology and um, one of my numbers that I work with in my business, in my practice, in my regular life um, and in my spiritual work is the number three. So each of the numbers added up to three. So three, 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 um, that added up to nine. Nine was a form of completion. We're done being single <laughs> and we're stepping into this new this new journey as being a married couple. Um, And then if we looked at the whole 2021, it added up to the power number 11. So of course we put in some power and some some energy behind this commitment that we're making to each other. So that's why we chose our date. Um, So we're very newly married. It's almost gonna be two months. 
I love that. Uh, Ooh, congratulations, love by the way. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. It was a long time coming, honey. We had a nice, long, um, purposefully long engagement period. I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, well, we took three years to have a wedding after the engagement because I know a lot of people are like six months and then we get married yeah. or three months or we get married tomorrow. Um, right. And for me, I was like, no, I want to make sure that my yes is a yes. Because I know the first time I had heard someone say that, oh, marriage is a business, it made me really uncomfortable because I had always been taught that marriage was for love. And as I like grew with this person, um, my husband's name is Tebow, by the way. And as I grew with Tebow, I was like, you know, people are right. It's a business. It's a business of finances. It's a, a economy of emotions because sometimes I'm spent emotionally <laughs> and like we have to like think about like, okay, how are we going to deal emotionally? How are we going to do our life's work, our mission, and still be committed to each other? And also, how are we going to fulfill our own personal desires as individuals and still honor the commitment that we're making to each other? So I wanted to make sure that I was saying yes to all of that and not just being like, oh, yes, I'm going to marry you because that's what people do at this age. Yes, I love a good intentional person. Like, I think, you know, there's so many of us that get caught up and we are at this age or we're at this point in our career. So we should now just do this. And it's like the person that you're dating is kind of like, all right, well, I guess it's, this is it. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like, have you had those real conversations with them? Do you really like this person? Do you really love this person? There's a lot of uncomfortable stuff when you get married. Do uh, you like the person? When when I L- get married and they only like the idea of the, being with that person or they like yes. the aesthetic of being with that person. We yes. look good together, so we might as well. We can make really pretty babies. That's why we got married. And not saying that that's wrong because if that's why spirit brought y'all together to make them beautiful children, then that's beautiful too. But also when I'm thinking about longevity, I want to think about the depth of why we really doing this. When Elle said marriage, you know, she heard marriage as a business. And then as she was developing, she realized like it is because there's a constant exchange. I want people to also to think about all of these folks that are starting their businesses and exploring their purpose and thinking about starting things that they desire. It is laborious. It takes from your heart. It takes from your emotions. It takes from your mental and spiritual space. So when people say marriage as a business, I don't think about the paper transactional piece. I think about actually having started a business and grown it. Yes, that makes sense. I have to make sure my legal foundation was right because that's important. I had to make sure my emotional foundation was right because that's important. I had to make sure that I knew how to handle partnership and communication and sacrifice and commitment. Because if you go into business without any of those things, you still are doing yourself a disservice. So marriage is requiring from you the same, the same mindfulness. I'm over here like, what are your ethics? <laughs> ethics. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Before we get into any more, because I can tell the two of you... <laughs> it's gonna be one of those good ones I can tell like before we even get to this or that like when we're on this questions (laughs) yes all right so we're gonna play a quick game of this or that um we do this every week basically is this option or that option you tell us why after you tell us the option you're gonna pick so L, we'll actually start with you and then go to LaToya, then to Nia, and then 
we'll circle back around. So this is going to be trying to kind of be on theme a little bit, but very easy kind of ceremony thought unplugged or plugged. I, th- I think unplugged. Um, I want people to be present. I want people to be present. I want them to see. I want them to hear. I want them to feel. I want to see. I want to hear. I want to feel. I don't want to like look around, even though I didn't look at anybody but my partner. <laughs> I don't want to look around um, and be like, oh, this person like is messing with their phone. That is actually something that my husband said when we were looking at the photos. He was like, oh, this, but this photo looks like people are so disinterested because look, they're all looking down at their phones. Um, And I had to point out to them, I'm like, well, this person you can clearly see is not on their phone, but also we don't know what the people in the row behind them are doing, but we got people capturing photos. And if you're plugged into something else, your attention, your energy is being directed elsewhere as well. Um, in my, my spiritual life, we talk about cell phones and even um, electronic devices as portals. And you let other energy in when you're using them. And you're also filtering energy out to somewhere else. So I would prefer unplugged. So I say unplugged. However, I do like intentionally unplugged. And I say that meaning let there be a person or two that you specifically asked to be doing video capture or to get those pictures that, you know, get, get a, especially very, especially if you're not doing ceremony videography, just somebody that's going to get those real live moments of laughter of the, the things that happen at the altar, the sparks of magic as the officiant, I'd say, if you've been asked to video, you have permission to have your phone out, please stay out of the aisle X, Y, Z, but for everyone else, you're asked to keep your phones put away on silent or vibrate and save your uh, video capture for reception. So that's how I frame that intentionally unplugged where you've requested from one or two people on either side view to get those pictures and stuff that we like as social media. And then, um, but everybody else does remain unplugged. I like that idea. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to also go with unplugged just because Although I feel like I'll be, I'll be focused on my partner. However, sometimes like if someone laughs, like I'll probably like look over. I don't know how I'll be. I don't know. I don't know. But if I see someone like, you know, of course, like with their phone out like this, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> like <laughs> I wear my emotions on my face. Like, you know, like you can tell what I'm thinking. And so I don't want that to come off weird. So I'm just say unplugged. Mm-hmm. I've had to do announcements where it's like, please remain in your seat. Do not lift your hands up. <laughs> do not lean out into the aisle. We have an amazing videography and video team that's going to capture every moment. We want to see your face, not the apple on the back of your iPhone. So keep <laughs> right. down and flashes off, right? There is like yeah. maintenance, especially. So that's kind of one of the pieces for anyone listening. If you're considering family versus pearl efficient is that your professional efficient is going to have those experiences and those knowledge and be able to guide you into ways that you are going to not have to deal with those things that you're worried about. So Mimo with the iPad up to her face, you know, you'll be, they'll be able to guide you through what does it look like to mindfully and, and in your flow, correct people when they, you know, start doing those annoying cell phone, social media device things. I will say also, just to add on to Toya real quickly, um, when she said intentionally unplugged, um, 
having a very few people plugged is cool because some of the things that you would really want captured that maybe the videographer photographer just happened to miss by a split second, your friend caught. And it's going to make all the difference when you go and like your friend is sharing those videos or pictures with you later. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't get to see this part when my videographer sent me things. Um, so that can be a plus size to having just like a few people plugged in. Mm, That's true. I like that. But it's probably also like y'all were saying, you got to make sure you know the right people to do it. Not just anybody like. Don't get your friend that be on Instagram all the time, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. (laughs) They need to be unplugged. Right. Do not disturb. Like, fully, fully. Literally, like, have your phone on do not disturb and use the camera. Don't even worry about stories, reels. Just do content recording, please and thank you. Right. Don't try to chop this up. No editing. I didn't ask for that. Just send me the full like <laughs> 13, 15, 18 minute video if you can. Like upload it to Dropbox, however, so I can get it later. Okay. <laughs> All right. So second round. Creating a handshake with your partner that you do after the first kiss or creating a mantra that both of you repeat before the first kiss. I'm greedy both. Ain't no this or that. <laughs> but I, would, I, I feel like the handshake is more of my partner. Um, and I'm more of the mantra. And getting married to him, I've realized that like our commitment to each other is that he in this lifetime, he's supposed to help me play a little bit more because I get consumed in work and I'm supposed to help him with his healing stuff. So I'm like, the handshake is the play and the mantra is the healing. So we need both, baby. I love it. <laughs> El, didn't y'all do both? Or did y'all just have the mantra? Um, I think we just had a little bit of a mantra. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, oh, L&M got the mantra. I remember. Yeah, we had 321 till we done. Um, And 321 till we done was like, 321 was our wedding date. Um, 321 till we done is is our version of till death do us part. Um, But being realistic about it, knowing that we're making this commitment with the intent that is lifelong and also giving each other enough grace that like, if our if something within us changes, if something shifts, if something um, becomes uh, daunting or um, becomes unrepairable to the point that it's making it so that we're not living harmoniously, then we know that like, hey, we can harmoniously be done and it'd be okay. Um, (laughs) That way it's not this thing where it's just like, oh, well, you know, we made these vows till death do us part and like feeling some type of way about breaking that commitment. Because that's just not realistic nowadays all the time no. I don't know I'm the product of divorce so I I, I feel like I can yeah. okay <laughs> I'm happily newly married and I believe in divorce baby I believe in it <laughs> because sometimes <laughs> we change and I don't want to get a divorce right he, he, I know he don't ever want to get a divorce he was very clear just, just I, that's all out he don't even have no expectation he just I just want you to be here right I still believe in divorce if it's necessary I didn't even think of it like that in depth, you know, until death do we part, you know, like I didn't even really think about that. So you're giving us something to think about. A lot of my (laughs) couples actually request that I don't say those words like till death do us part. Because I think that especially in terms of like living a modern and more mindful life is realizing that I don't know what life is going to do to us. I can promise you that I am committed to our future. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to our growth. I'm committed to that, but we literally cannot 
promise one another what this life looks like. And having a commitment like that during a ceremony that's supposed to be such a staple in your life really carries a lot of weight for people. And then that weight carries guilt because what if something does bring you there? And then you have to unpack this whole, but I said till death do me part. I said, right, but were you having a mindful eye for commitment and a lifelong decision at the time? So it's like I, a lot of my couples do without that part and keep it more as a way like for the rest of our lives together. We understand that this is our commitment to each other. Prayerfully, you know, we're, we're preparing and mindful of but not looking forward to that type of experience, but cannot act like it's never coming. You know, it, it doesn't exist that kind of thing. Um, okay, so for the this or that, <laughs> my, my, mine would be the handshake. Just because I think it's so cute. When my couple's doing handshake, I'll be standing to the side like, y'all so cute. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and always step to the side so they can get their good, you know? <laughs> so I like the handshake over the mantra. Mantra's cute, but I like the handshake way more. I am also going to go with the handshake because I think that, you know, that kind of sort of plays into our personalities as well. You know, like Brandon, he's all about like, you know, yeah, you see this, yeah, you know. So that will play into our personality. So, yeah, handshake. How about you, Ashley? Okay. Um, I kind of like both also, but if I had to pick one or the other, I would do the handshake only because Ed made us come up with a handshake. (laughs) (laughs) Now don't ask me to do it right now, but (laughs) he made us come up with a handshake, um, that we haven't really had the opportunity to do. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe, Maybe I'll make an appearance in November. Hopefully, you remember that. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta bring that handshake into the everyday life now. When we come home from work or something, handshake it up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm gonna tell them. That. <laughs> 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 All right, round three. So, would you prefer instead of the unity ceremony that you pour a blended shot of your favorite liquors or just do a painting of a canvas together, but during the ceremony. It's like a quick painting, but like Wait, you who's know, doing you the have... painting? People who do the painting. Yeah. yeah, so the couple does the paintings. And I've seen it. I've had one ceremony do it. So I'ma let Elle give her answer, then I'm gonna y'all know run my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is is gonna want the liquors. It, it's it's the spirit. It's the liquors. He gonna want drink. His whole family drank. I mean, the probably the most expensive thing in our wedding was the liquor. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be the drink for me. Um, I it, in theory, I would love to do the painting, but he's just not about that life. For me, I definitely pick the liquor, and not necessarily um, unless that's just not you. If your couple don't drink, I don't push anything. I do what's good for my couple. However, the painting is cumbersome. Painting is cumbersome. You 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 have on these clothes that you you know you still need to keep on for some time, and you've done all of this or whatever. And now they're I got expensive, right? I didn't want to put that out there because maybe not. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't know, but I know for sure you got to keep them on for the next situation, right? And we've got paint. You've got nerves. You don't want to get it wrong. You have a stand. Then we have to get it somewhere. It's got to dry so that you can travel with it. Then it, that's too much. 
unless that actually means something to you. If it's if it means something to you, then it's worth the work. If you're just trying to think of something to do, it's not worth the work. You know, like both of you all I met, she's a you know, uh, art museum curator. And I met her through my, one of my exhibits. Okay, let's paint, right? That makes sense. But if you're just like, you know, you're a teacher and you're a lawyer and y'all just don't know what to do, let's not do that. There's just too many random pieces. <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs> so I'm going to go with shot because it's quick. I love the idea. I usually, when my couples do a shot, I've had some do it with their guests where the guests will bang the shot like on the floor, tap, tap and everybody will toss it back, right? So it's like that uni that unified, bomb, 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 and then everyone takes their shot with a couple. Very, very sweet, huge energy. I love it. I love it way more than us all standing quietly while you paint this photo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey, yes. Oh, gosh. All right, Tania. I am also going to say, let's take a shot just because, or like mix the alcohol, because I cannot paint and I highly doubt I've never seen Brandon draw anything. So, mm -mm. and his okay. handwriting is, is yeah, his not his handwriting. <laughs> 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 I probably gonna keep that in too. So yeah, no, mm -mm. we're going to take this shot and call it a day. Okay. That's cute. I like that. <laughs> Because I'm really just picturing everybody just standing <laughs> like for six, eight minutes just while y'all like paint this little canvas hard. together. Couples feel a large amount of pressure at the altar during those silent moments. I don't know how many times I had to lean in and tell Eleni, who it's only been 13 minutes to take a breath. They can wait. They can wait now. Just, you know, they feel so <laughs> much pressure. So imagine trying to paint this ceremony ritual thing that's supposed to be intentional and meaningful and all you're thinking is people are tired of looking at this i need to hurry up we need to hurry up rush through you don't want that at the altar that's a very good point but also i'm thinking you start painting and you said this was an unplugged ceremony <laughs> Folks <laughs> are now checking their phone checking oh yeah oh yeah Exactly. Like, uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> the final round. So taking a moment of silence to honor those that have come before you that have passed away or lighting candles to honor them instead. <laughs> my real problem is I'm indecisive, y'all. That's my real problem. I already knew it was going to be a thing as soon as you said we're going to play this or that. I'm like, but I'm indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> part of my like daunting task during the planning the wedding is that I got to choose between this thing and that thing like why can't I do it all because you can't you ain't got time or money for everything okay anyway um I must say because I also um am a Capricorn and I like practicality and ease we gonna just take a moment of silence um, because it's easier and it's one less thing to bring. Although I did ask people on the invitations because of COVID that if they didn't plan to be with us in person to light a candle for us, but that wasn't for like ancestors, that was for us. But yeah, I would say out of ease, we're going to take this moment of silence. Our ancestors are going to feel our love that way. For the same similar thing that Eleni said, I'm going to say the moment of silence 
And I always give couples the um, thought to tell them to think about, do you want to call them by name or do you want to have a general mentioning? So, you know, some people are like, I can't hear a name. If I hear my proposed name, I'm going to fall apart. Or if I hear my mother's name, I'm going to fall apart. So we just say, you know, a general reminder of love and, and foundation. And I put all that jazz in it and we just leave it that. Or we call out by name the people and do it that way. When you are doing a candle, you got to think about a lot of factors. Are you outside or inside? If you're outside, now you need a lantern. What, are you going to get a torch or the Bic lighter? You know, is it a tall candle, this candle, that? It is just, so if you're going to do the candle, great. If it's worth the work. So that's kind of like a lot of what it is. Like, do you care enough to do all these extra steps? Or would you rather do something that's a bit more seamless and get you through so that you can stay connected? With the altar, I always remind people to be uh, mindful that your goal is to create intimacy at the altar, never to just be doing something arbitrarily. Oh, I saw someone light a candle. Someone told me to light a candle. I saw it on Pinterest. That's arbitrary. If it's going to create intimacy between you and your partner and deepen your experience, then do it. Otherwise, just leave it. I will just add in real quick. I also like candle work is not like my magic is not what I do in my regular life. So I, I appreciate you saying that, Toya. Um, and um, our moment of silence for our ancestors was also pouring libation. So like in my wedding, we had all of the elements present, but for the ancestors, we had water for them as we called their name. So I just wanted to to mention that too, that it, it can be, you know, not a candle and still a moment right. of silence and other elements. <laughs> it could be anything. And working working with somebody that genuinely is engaged in ceremony or kind of knows like the ritual of it and knows you and has listened to like what is important to you, what do you want, what's meaningful to you, they can help you navigate that experience so that your ceremony does feel genuine. You know, um, originally I was going to say light a candle just because I love candles and I just have a lot of candles. But then I was like, oh, well, maybe I should say a moment of silence. But no, you know what? I'm just going to stick with lighting a candle just because I love candles. That's your magic. If that's yeah. part of your magic, that's part <laughs> of what, what, you know, makes your heart you get joyous and happy. Yeah. And whether it's a scented candle or not, that yes. And candles make me happy. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I was about to say, like, and who's to say it has to be a whole bunch of candles. You can light right? one candle for all of the people. Yes. You know, like, it doesn't have to be one per person y'all could be sure. standing up there for you know four minutes trying mm -hmm. to light candles for all of these people. you surely can as long as you don't you free yourself from the guilt of making people wait that is the thing whenever i have a ceremony that's deeply ritualistic and we have things they can wait they came here for this take a deep yeah. breath go over to the table and let's do it and that's just that if you're gonna take the four minutes they're going to stay engaged the four minutes. It's only going to be as weird as we make it. That's very, very true. Okay. That was a fun, full this or that. Y'all made yeah. it interesting. I love yeah. that. That was full, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this or that was the episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Y'all have a good one. Uh, <laughs> but, but now I guess we could transition into, you know, talking more about these uh, ceremonies and like going outside of the norm and what, you know, we, we assume we have to do because I think a lot of stuff with weddings is based on tradition or based on what you see someone else doing from every aspect. Tania and I were just talking 
last week about how mostly when you see black weddings on social media, in a magazine, what have you, it is this one aesthetic. It's nothing outside of that. It's all this luxury kind of look. It's all the same centerpieces. It's all the same colors or, you know, like set up. It's like the only thing you switch out is the colors. Like it's in a ballroom, you know, it's in a certain type of venue. It's a certain type of aesthetic. And I think it's so important for us to know and to see other realities. Like it does not have to be this way. If you want to do things this way, you can do things this way because it is your wedding. It doesn't matter if you're paying for it, if you're paying for a quarter of it, if you're paying for the whole thing, 75%, whatever. Like this is still very much your day. And um, yeah, so I'm very excited for us to really get into this conversation because I think as, you know, kind of not saying this is all we're going to do moving forward on who I do and like the episodes that will come after this. But I think we are going to start trying to be a little more intentional with trying to show all the different sides of just the wedding space, especially within, you know, our community so that someone can see that they can go another route and that's perfectly fine. So one of the things that I tell people, like, it's important for me to all the way, the reason why I share weddings and, and all of my diverse couples the way I do is that in, people a lot of times don't think that they are deserving or capable of grand celebrations because they never see themselves celebrated in a grand way. If you are a Black person or a Black couple or whatever, and you're planning a wedding and all you're seeing is those like super lavish ballroom cascading gowns and all that, then you don't. You, you start to diminish what you feel like yours was going to be if yours wasn't going to look like that. And in order for you to be reminded that, no, all of these celebrations are grand, all this backyard wedding with, you know, lots of floral or this hall wedding with minimal floral and, you know, whatever, whatever the aesthetic is, they are all grand celebrations. And the more that we can show the diverse experiences of weddings and ceremony and ritual, the more that people will understand that you have the freedom to decide how you want to celebrate yourself and your partner. So with that being said, let's go to the first question. Why do couples usually go towards the standard format, the standard ceremony format? Couples are fl flocking to what they see. It's what the industry standard is. You know, they're the, the larger um, wedding websites. I won't call any names, but, you know, if you Google wedding planning, we know which ones pop up. Um, those websites are very committed to a very particular aesthetic. And in terms of searching things online, they dominate the SEO, they dominate Pinterest, they dominate all the visuals. So when you're trying to look up things, unless you are insanely specific, black wedding gown, short, you know, train, you know, plant decor, you're not going to get any diverse imaging. So those types of um, aesthetics dominate because that's what we have um, become accustomed to seeing. And that's what they flock to because that's all they, they, that they see. 
feel like outside of what we're like sold um, on like social media and search engines and things like that, when we're looking for helpful weddings is also pressure from our families, pressure from our parents, pressure from our partner's parents about what weddings should look like, what their wedding was, what it wasn't. And ha- sometimes they're trying to recreate their own day instead of actually honoring like, who are y'all and what do y'all want and how do we support y'all in doing that? I can't tell y'all how many times my mom said, oh yeah, because at the church and I'm like, ain't no church. What are you talking about? And every time I said it to her, just like that. And I love my mom, but she knows I'm going to talk to her. Like I talk to God and that's like, I talk to everybody with love and respect. And as my full authentic self, ain't no church, sis. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you keep saying it's, it's the day before the wedding at this point. We done had this conversation 10 times. Ain't no church. So I think sometimes that pressure from my families, not knowing what weddings should look like, maybe like trusting our parents, trusting our family members about what weddings should look like because they have been married, um, whether that marriage was successful or not, whether that wedding was something that they wanted or not, whether it was something that gave them joy or not. It's just like, this is what a wedding is, what it's supposed to look like. Here's what you do in a wedding and just run with that versus what do you actually want? your ceremony, your commitment to look like. Definitely. I feel like I'm, I got married last year, but I feel like I, I'm still dealing with some of that pressure because we eloped at the house and we didn't have our big, you know, to do. So anyway, that's not going there right now, but, uh, but speaking about parents and families and whatnot. So if they're helping us pay for this wedding because weddings aren't always cheap not really at all how do we do something I was trying to have a three thousand dollar wedding and it did not happen I was about to say (laughs) (laughs) I was like L you do realize that that you're gonna have to open that budget up sis like you're gonna have to open that up a little bit just a little bit and you know what if it wasn't for my husband choosing the place that he chose, I, th- I think we could have at least did like four or five because I'm, I'm budget savvy like that. But that, that the venue like threw the, the price out the window. I feel that. Our home elopement last year, I think, was around 7000 when I pulled back all the numbers. Yeah, Tania, you know that. No. Yeah. You saw them flowers on our mantle and them candles on the flowers. flowers. Nope. Flowers are expensive. It doesn't matter. That wasn't just the flowers. That was the candles too. That was a thousand dollars just right there. Ooh, my heart, my heart. Anyway, 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 but yeah, so. I just want to take a second to say that your wedding in your yard was enough. As long as you feel like that was enough and you feel like that's what you wanted. And if you were ever to do a ceremony again, Um, The only thing I would say about redoing is making sure that it's what you want, whether it's in the yard again, whether it's somewhere else, whether it's destination, whatever it is. But if if you chose your yard and that's what you wanted, that was enough. That's it. All right. That was like, okay, now I'm going to answer this question. I'm going to answer this question. (laughs) So I think the whole thing about parents is... uh, it's way less about the wedding and more about the relationship and the emotional part of it and knowing how to navigate that with grace. Because a lot of the time when your parents are like, okay, we're paying for the wedding. We don't like that. We do like that. They want you to have what you want with their expectations. 
And sometimes you can let them know you're not willing to bend in that way. And it's really all centered around your language. So I was, uh, I, I made a reels the other day that just said, if you, the way that you tell your family, like, thank you for your help, but also no thank you, is just really letting them know. You'll say things like, thank you so much for your help with this. It means a lot to me to have you there, to have you support me. But my partner and I are really looking forward to doing X, Y, and Z on our date. And A, B, and C really wasn't a priority for us. So we'd like to leave it off, you know, and, and just being able to make it a communication instead of a battle. So you're just making it a little bit more gentle and a soft place for them to land. Um, a vendor friend of mine, and I can like comment on the idea or whatever, because I didn't, I didn't shout her out or anything like that in the thing, but she wrote a book recently on navigating relationships while you're wedding planning. And there's a whole chapter in there about talking to your parents, even when they're paying and being able to like navigate that. Because if we, if we offer some generational grace and understand that they're working with what was given to them and they think they're giving you what they appreciated as well. So they're not trying to step all over what you imagine or what you want or what you desire. They're just doing what they think is best based on what they were given. So if you can remind them that they have given you all that you need to be confident in your choices, to be powerful in your speech, and to be loving in your execution, then you they will listen to you telling them, that's not for us. So we're going to skip on that. But thank you for continuing to support us. Ain't no church, sis. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Me talking to my mama again. Diplomatic. <laughs> Ellen, I try to be diplomatic. <laughs> it's both. It's both. So for those that didn't see your reel, um, what are different ways for the couple to enter the ceremony? Oh, this is fun. Okay, so <laughs> my couples have done some really, really amazing things. Entering into your ceremony, like Eleni said, it is your moment of really getting to see and experience the entrance of your ritual, of your experience at the altar of your partner. It's your first sight. You don't want to be doing it in a way that doesn't feel organic to you. So when you're coming in, you can walk in with Bestie, right? Because they've been there with you the whole time. They've been ride or die, all these relationships, all this craziness. Bestie was right there. If having a parent walk you with low priority, call Bestie to do it. They will be proud to. Um, the other one is walking down by yourself. You can walk down by yourself from entrance to altar. Or you can have people that are important to you at different stages in your life sitting on those outer seats and taking your time down the aisle and greeting each of them when you go by. So hugging them, kiss on the cheek, words of prayer, moments. And that's your entrance down the aisle is really appreciating all of these people that made you who you are versus just that one, you know, entrance with the one person. Or you can walk down halfway, have your partner come up and meet you the other half. And then y'all walk into the altar space together. Or you could just walk all the way by yourself the whole way down. Soul train that bad boy. You know, it's completely, <laughs> completely up to you. And when I made that reels, so many of my couples were in the comments like, yes, that one was me. That one was me. <laughs> that one was me. Because I, I am always an anchor for like, let's discuss what this looks like for you and what you desire so that we can make sure that those moments, especially those moments that should be deeply personal are ones that you will always remember and they'll give you a good emotion. 
um, I tell couples at the altar, as much as we talk about your ceremony and I plan and I do all of this, you're not going to remember what's said at the altar. You're not. You're not going to remember what the pastor said or what the minister said or what the officiant said. But you will remember how you felt up there. You will remember like, oh, my goodness, I was just staring at them. I was just so in love. I was just so excited. I was you'll remember the emotions, but you'll very rarely remember the actual words. So make sure that each thing you do deepens that emotional part so that when you go back to it, you have a pleasant anchor. Very nice. Okay. So Eleni, tell us how you got to Latoya. Like, how did you seek her out? So I'm really grateful. Um, Latoya is a friend of mine and eventually she did have me out here doing ceremonies as well. And I love to do that. Um, So now every once in a while, I do take a couple of ceremonies on the low. When I was talking to my husband about who would marry us, his preference was that it be an elder. And so I was like, are you sure? I'm like, my friends, you know, she she do this like this what she do. And like the elder that that we ended up landing on also does this and this is part of her spiritual work because she was uh, like a priestess like that is her work and we just we we ended up going with what he wanted because in this situation it's just like okay I have to compromise on some things I like the person that he chose um I have some hesitations but also like I know she's amazing and she would do the damn thing so we're gonna go with her and like we actually went and like brought her an offering and like sat at her shrine and like had a couple of, of sessions with her discussing um, our relationship and our ceremony and our problems. And then eventually, you know, time passed and it was time to get married. And it, it started feeling like it was going by really fast. And she was going to make us a spiritual bath to bathe in the day before the wedding the week of the wedding, like her dates kept changing. She, you know, was very busy. And then the day before the wedding, when she came to make the spiritual best and do the prayer, she had gotten ill in my house and you know, it's COVID. And like, she already said she wasn't like feeling too well. So I'm like, okay, it could be fine. It could be anything. Right. And then I'm sitting with her and I'm starting to feel funny. Um, and then she does the prayer and she runs off and she actually like vomits in my bathroom and like all over the bathroom, like doesn't make it even to the toilet. So I'm like, this not good. And like, no one else hears it, but me, I'm the only one that hears it happen. So everybody's talking love in my living room. My mom is there. My, um, my brother slash best friend is there. His, his girl is there. And like, I'm like, nobody really heard this. So I'm like, all right, husband, soon to be husband because we ain't married yet. Can, can I talk to you for a second? I help him get up. They think we all cute, everything hunky-dory. And I'm like, this person in here throwing up, she's sick. And he's like, what you talking about? I'm like, I heard her. Like, I know what vomit sounds like. I know when people are ill. And I asked her before she even vomited. I said, person, I don't know if you're well enough to do this. And she's like, no, I'm good. And that's the part that threw me off. It was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And I'm just like, "Mm, but you are. And I know you are because 10 minutes later, you're throwing up in my bathroom. So we just were like really uncomfortable. And I was like, you know, we didn't, I I like even felt guilty. I I like had to talk to Tebow about calling Toya first. And I was like, this is my friend and this is what she do. And we didn't ask her. And I feel a way because like, if it was my choice, she was my first choice because I know this is what she does. And like, I know that like she would have walked us through things a little differently and like 
it just would have been different. Not that the other person wasn't great. She was, um, but it just would have been different. Even when I hear Toya like talk about relationships and her couples and how much she's dedicated to this work. I'm oh, I like, I keep thinking about like, I should have just pushed back on my partner on that and been like, no, Latoya is going to marry us. <laughs> like, period. Like, end of story. Um, but I'm like, I'm trying to give you some choice and some say around some things, but I should have just like put my foot down. So I was like, dang, I'm going to have to marry myself. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to marry us and everybody going to have to understand because it's COVID out here and we already got a whole bunch of people that's sensitive immune systems and all the things. And no, I don't think this woman has COVID. But at the same time, if I let her come and officiate for us, how many people are going to feel disrespected by the fact that I let somebody who was ill? And like, I don't even believe in that. If you're ill, you don't work, period. If you don't feel good, you stay home and rest. Um, the person even asked me, well, what do I need to do to make you feel comfortable? The only thing that will make me feel comfortable is if you went home and rested and took care of yourself. And for her, that wasn't an option because she had something else to do. So I'm like, then no, you you can't officiate my ceremony. So I like talk to, to my husband about like everybody who could possibly do our ceremony. And if, you know, best came to worst, worst came to best, whatever, because it ain't going to be no worse come to worse. I would marry us and the people understand and we just have to do the paperwork later. And it is what it is. So Toya was the first person I called. And then there was one other person there that, that, that could have done it, but like, it, it didn't make no sense. I'm like, it has to be Latoya. And by the grace of God, she was like, sis, I was going to come as an attendee. Cause I really wanted her there. If, if nothing else, I wanted her there as somebody at, that's like very important to me in my life. And when I asked her, I was just like, I know that you got another wedding today. I know this is last minute or not today, tomorrow. Um, I know this is super last minute. I just can't, can you hear what I, what just happened? And I told her everything I just told y'all. And she was like, wow. She was like, so what do you need? You want me to just listen? Or are you trying, you, you know, you need me to be your efficient. I'm like, sis, can you be my efficient? Cause I mean, I really wanted you in the first place. Like what was, was good. And I was like, I pay you and everything. And you know, like my friend just really came through for me on a, on like a business tip, on a friend tip, on a, on a everything. And I'm just honored to have her in my life. Um, because in my heart, she was always my first choice. Are you about to cry? Are you about to tear up? Not <laughs> <laughs> get emotional. Okay, we already did all that. We already did all that. You, this woman was crying at my wedding, honey. Crying, crying, crying. Well, because so the reason that I had I invited Elle to be, you know, on this week of the podcast with me was because she has seen the work from so many different perspectives, seeing me grow, then becoming a person that did it then going into her own wedding and sees how she has seen how even when I, I was booking her or hiring her for a wedding, each couple I'm like, well, they seem kind of shy. So they're not going to want that. They need to, they need someone to guide them through this. Like she knows that I am intentional from the beginning to the end about what that ceremony moment looks like. And I knew that it took a lot for her to give me a call. So when I said like, well, what, what were you calling me for? Am I listening girl? Am I being like, Oh dang, that's crazy. Or am I offering a solution? You know, and I say, I'll be there. And, you know, she was just like, can you? And I did have a wedding immediately before her, her ceremony. So it was like pedal to the metal because her wedding had particular color dress for altar. So I had to change since I got there. So my couple beforehand, I was just like, guys, just so you know, okay, I'm going to be heading out. We had done their paperwork. I gave them my, their hugs. I was like, this is not a reflection. I love y'all. I'm celebrating with you, but I'm running to my friend's wedding immediately after. And they were like, okay, we completely understand. 
And that is exactly what I did. I got myself together, was wrapping my head, running into the ceremony <laughs> and got and got there and did it. Um, so it was, yeah, it was an honor to be present for Eleni and Tebo at the altar. And because her ceremony was also very intentional and it had a lot of pieces that I wasn't all the way familiar with because we didn't have that time to like go through everything. But because I do ceremonies, I was able to be quick on my feet and able to be present and navigate that and still try to make a comfortable space for them at the altar without the weight of nothing is, you know, this isn't going like I thought. When I that- tell y'all, y'all, she slayed. <laughs> she slayed my ceremony. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, less than 24 hours had passed. And like, I, I just want to say this, like, that is a privilege that I got to to have somebody so phenomenal slay my wedding in less than 24 hours. Don't think y'all going to be calling Latoya in less than 24 oh, yeah, there's hours. A- because that was, this was an exception. <laughs> I am very lucky to know this person. When I tell y'all she slayed my wedding. Um, and even when things like the ritual aspect, um, and this is outside of what Latoya uh, did for the wedding, when the ritual aspect had gotten kind of um, wonky because of some other folks that I had who were supposed to be like helping out that like just couldn't, hold what they were holding that day she reminded me when she said earlier she was like it's okay only a few minutes has passed um and in my mind I'm like yes but this was supposed to happen when everybody was walking in and all these things were different she was like but it's okay because it's still getting done and the ritual is still good and everyone is still praying with the water and it's still gonna go into into the the basin and it's still gonna water your garden at home like she was just right there at the altar like your wedding is a human experience I don't have time for anybody to expect that we are androids up here that this is going to be some type of you know when you see a wedding video it's beautiful right it's whimsical slow music crying tears touching there are people running all over the place there are things happening the entire time take a breath laugh flirt breathe like couples are leaning like i am so nervous like one bride was like can you see my hives i was like no i can't see like covering the mic like no i cannot see your hives relax relax you know the altar has to be an organic place for you to be yourself otherwise you're going to relate the ceremony to the stress of having to get through it and not the emotions of being in it. When she was teaching me how to to be inefficient and she was like, you know, remind your couples to look at each other. I don't know how I would have to remind people to do that because me and my husband were locked in the entire time, right up until like it was that that moment where like we're just like waiting for people to get the water and pray. And when she leaned in and was just like, it's only been this amount of time. It was just like, right, Eleni, be here now. Just be here. Don't be five minutes from now. Don't worry about starting like five minutes before you walk down the aisle, realizing you're starting an hour late. Be here right now, because this is the only time you get to do this. Well, that's really, really good advice. So, Eleni, what did you do to create a unique type of ceremony? I did not look at other people's ceremonies. I thought about what was natural for me and my partner. Um, I met Thibaut in Capoeira, which is an Afro-Brazilian martial art. Um, And I first saw him before I even met him. So I saw him three months before I met him. I hadn't even moved to New Orleans yet. Um, And he had this like circle of light around him as we were playing in the huda, which is a circle where we're like fighting or sparring against each other. And I stepped out of the circle, talked to my mom. I looked at him. He had a circle of light around him. 
And I told my mom about it. I'm like, look at that guy over there. He looks interesting. And she was like, yeah, he looks like the type that you marry and have kids with. And eight years later, we get married. So for me, it was really important that that circle, what, and like any venue that we went and looked at, I'm like, but my ceremony has to happen in a circle. There were venues that I really wanted to use, but my ceremony wasn't going to be in a circle. So it immediately crossed them off the list. And then um, I thought about the journey that I'm on ceremonially and spiritually and like being a moon dancer and also studying a little bit of Ifa and Condomble and again, bringing in Capoeira and what was natural for us, what like really reflected us and our journey from the start all the way to getting where we are now. So like involving the four elements, water, earth, air, and fire was important for us. Um, involving the four directions, involving our ancestors. His mom walked down with pictures of his ancestors um, and his lineage. And I walked down with my grandparents with pictures of my grandparents um, under my bouquet. And then I sat them in the circle with us. Um, having us being surrounded by plants, like we use plant medicine for a lot of things. So like it only made sense to be surrounded by plants. And really I wanted to get married in nature which we kind of did. We were outdoors, but like there was like a little cement like slab that we were on or whatever, but like making sure that nature was still an element. Like I couldn't be standing in the grass. Fine. I'm going to bring in some plants and we're going to make this circle around us. Um, so really like pulling from like what was true for me and him and our relationship and also what was going to feed and nourish our relationship. What are the things that have gotten us this far that have made our relationship healthy and beautiful and strong? And how can we involve that in the day that we say I do to each other? Wow. Like when you say that, like you all made this your own, you definitely made this your own. And I love that. See, it wasn't easy though, because like even some stuff that was natural to us, he was like, oh, but that's weird. And I'm like, but we do, <laughs> but we are weird. And we do that. Like that is actually who we are. Like even when we went to the reception, like we did Capoeira at the reception and at, for a while he was like, no. And I was like, it's a non-negotiable for me. I'm letting you have us at this venue. I'm letting you choose the efficient. We doing Capoeira because that's how we met and we going to honor where we started, period. And at the end of it, my friend came and like played the bid and bow, the instrument for, um, for the Hoda and like he really appreciated that we did that and he loved that we did that and I'm like of course you did because this is who we are wow see one thing that I'm noticing compromise that compromise part <laughs> came real early <laughs> came in real early for y'all it sure did one of the things that I think of when I'm listening to Elle and thinking of any um listeners of this week's podcast is to remind them to definitely stay centered in like the things that are important to you. But if you feel like pulling it all together, that is the other part that you do need to remember. So to make sure that if you're not working with like someone that is like a priestess or your pastor or a professional officiant, if you have you, you know, if you're using a friend or something like that to officiate and they've never officiated a wedding and you have all of these ideas of things that feel organic to you and nobody knows how to braid them together into a seamless ceremony, that is where things will start to feel overwhelming and stressful. Elle is familiar with being in ceremony. Elle had a priestess within her community helping her navigate these things. So even if you are like, my ceremony has had these elements, still make sure that you're working with or communicating or engaging with somebody that can help you get those things streamlined so that you do have a nice and clean ceremony so that you're not up there like, oh, dang, well, when do we do the water? Well, when do we do the flowers? Well, when do we do this? When do we do that? 
because I went to, like Elle said, I was in her ceremony in less than 24 hours. And I literally, I think, asked her like seven questions when she was like, yeah, do it. But because I know how to navigate and move in, in and out of a ceremony seamlessly, we were still able to get all of those elements that were important to her in without it feeling like a hodgepodge of ritual ideas. That makes sense. Especially because this was very unique to you and your like your wedding so that's that's great so going back to you l what did like what what did you want your guests to take away from your wedding experience like what emotions and feelings were that um the biggest thing that we wanted our guests to take away was joy i think that when we wrote our invitation i can't remember exactly what it said Um, But the invitation was like, we um, intentionally invite you to joyfully celebrate with us. Um, And if you wasn't coming joyfully celebrate and stay home, I had to lovingly invite, uh, uninvite a lot of people because of their own illness and their own well-being and COVID and all those things. And I'm like, it's okay. You lovingly uninvited. And whenever we re-celebrate or re-ceremony or whatever, we'll, we'll see where you at then. But if you're not able to lovingly and joyfully celebrate us at this time, that is absolutely okay. Light us a candle and be on the way. Because my thing was, I just wanted everybody to feel um, joyful, to feel happy, and to know that our relationship together was one that was focused on joy and healing. Very nice. Of the guests that were there, like what, what did they tell you about your wedding? I actually felt this question coming at some point tonight. Every single person before and like, I didn't want to talk to people at the wedding because I wanted to party. When, once it was time for the reception, I wanted to reset, honey, if that's the, the word. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. I was like, I'm about to throw this. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm ready to get on this. And we did. We partied so hard. But in between that, people kept stopping me and being like, this was so y'all. I have never seen a ceremony like this. This made me feel like I wanted to get married and do my wedding over. This mm-hmm. made me realize that um, when I got in, like literally, like people came to me in tears. This made me realize that I got, I had my mother's wedding and it wasn't mine. And like, it, there was a lot of emotion from it. And there was like a lot of joy. And there was a lot of people reflecting on how they do things um, in their life that, mm-hmm other people expect. Um, that's not something that they want to do. That's not something that makes them happy, but that's not something that represents them. And being grateful and appreciative that we said, no, nah, we're not doing all that. Here's what we are doing. I so that's, that. that's, that's like you, you compromise with your partner, but like, don't, don't compromise with the people that aren't in your relationship that aren't, you know, going for what is natural and true to you. Mm, that's a good one. And when you think about weddings, the weddings are so old, right? There is no reason why we should be having weddings that our parents had, that your parents had, that your grandparents had. Tradition is a huge thing for me, but I feel like you can honor tradition in a way that is authentic to you. And just by taking a little time and freeing yourself from the expectation and saying, this part of the tradition is important to me, but this doesn't resonate so much. And I want to add this and take away that. All of those things are good. Like I had a couple that, my bride wanted to jump the broom, but the groom wasn't really feeling the broom thing. He was like, I, it's a slave thing and I just can't. And I gave him the history of it from Tanzania and this is what they did or whatever. He still wasn't vibing with it. So we created a ritual where they would jump over the rope. 
and they bought this really thick rope and the matriarchs of their family came up, blessed the rope, handed them both ends. They That's tied the knot and the rope together, laid it down and then jumped. And then we all counted them down to jump over the rope so that the prayers and the blessings from both sides of the family were in the rope that they were jumping across to start their new life together. So that for him felt like an actual, you know, blessing of life and marriage versus a slave ritual that he, he couldn't get that part out of his mind. So knowing that you deserve to, to honor yourself in your own way while still remembering where you come from, that's kind of the first part, like where you can meld your modern ideals with the traditions of your heritage. That is so lit. Like, Isn't look at it? what you could create together. I can't even. And then sidebar, their, their details were David Yerman. They are like big David Yerman couples. And if you don't know who David Yerman is, look them up. The detail is in the knot of that designer. Yes. And so it just played in. It was That flawed. ties in so... It was oh so great, y'all. I can't even tell you. It was amazing. Their photos were amazing. They got married on a bridge over water. It was phenomenal. I loved it. And it was like seven guests. You know, like it does not matter your wedding size, your details and your rituals and all of the elements that you add can be highly intentional if you give yourself the grace and the permission to celebrate yourself authentically. I'm just trying to figure out how do people come up with this stuff? Like, you know, like, do they like they hire me? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> well there you go. You. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or they read my book or they read my book. Like I mentioned to y'all, like I wrote a book called Laughter at the Altar and it is specifically centered around re- letting people know this is what this part of the ceremony is for. This is what it looks like. Here's ways that it can be yours. And here are some starting points. So, you know, I take the steps through like why you're exchanging gifts in ritual. What does reciprocity and honoring reciprocity look like in ritual, not just in weddings? There's a reason why the gifts are there, why you're exchanging rings. I give history, I give reference points, and then I give you places to start in honoring yourself and then also space to take notes and develop your own way along the way. So the book really is a place for couples that are like, I know that I don't want my mom's wedding. I just don't know where to start. Where where's a good starting place? Laughter at the altar is a really good starting point for creating a ceremony that is going to feel most organic to you. I've actually been digging into laughter at the altar after my wedding. And like, it's so beautiful because there are so many different rituals in there that there's something to fit anyone. And if it doesn't fit you, it's very easy to say, oh my God, I love this. And I love what that has the potential to be. And let me throw a little bit of our own spice on it. Um, it, it's, it's just super like user-friendly and like the rituals that are in it make it feel like I can still like use these rituals and very easily adapt it into my ceremony. It's not something that has like a million different parts to it where like some people are like, I don't know, some people be selling wedding rituals and like, they make it seem like the oh. most daunting, laborious, like making everything more complicated. And in Laughter at the Altar, it, it really breaks things down to the simplicity, the beauty and the commitment. All right. So y'all have already given us like so much, but but I'm going to ask y'all some more questions about, you know, what we could do. But how can we honor our families and then also those that came before us? I was looking like, does Elle want to take this first or do I want to take this first? I mean, um, so yes. are you looking right? Are you looking for ritual ideas or just a kind of role, a kind of general theme toward like how to fit that into your wedding? We can just do a general, you know, because okay. I want people to go buy your book. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. so there's <laughs> that, 
Yes, sis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a lot of uh, ways that you can include family that has passed and also family that is sitting right there and celebrating them. And some of those parts come in, including it inside of the ceremony. So I've had couples actually have where I'll ask the family to stand, you know, I'll say, can the mom, the stepmother and the father and stepfather stand? And then the couple turns to them and like gives them a flower while we have a speech over them where it's like, you know, we are nothing without the foundation of our lives and our hearts and so on and so forth. And so you have it right there. And that gives you a moment to anchor that family. Again, if you got your folks is paying for the wedding, there was a lot of friction throughout this whole process, whether you got everything you wanted or not, there is just friction. Pausing the moment to actually focus on them renews that connection and that celebration and that, that moment in the ceremony where they know this, this is what this was for. This is why I'm doing this. They get to hug you. They get to whisper prayers in your ear, you know, things in your ear. You get a flower. They get to sit down and you go back to it. So you can include it in the literal ceremony you can include it in the wrapping up of it, where maybe they do a ring warming or a blessing over you before you're introduced. Um, I think that honoring family that's right there, and not just family, if there's a friend circle or if it's you know a chosen family or whatever the case may be, letting them be an active part of your ceremony is so meaningful. You can let them read us uh, a poem or a prayer during the ceremony. Whenever I have couples that want to include family in the ceremony, like physically reading, I actually step to the side and let the family member take the altar space and the mic or whatever, so that one, they get those pictures. Two, you have the moment where it's like all eyes on that person and you're not having to crane to the side to look at mom while she reads or, you know, nobody is out of the way. They're right there. And then in terms of celebrating family that's passed away, we kind of talked about that where it's like lighting a candle, pouring libations, pouring water, having an empty chair with a rose in it. Those are all things, carrying the flowers down on your wrist or in your bouquet. Those are all ways to celebrate and honor family members that's passed away. And then you can also get creative. I had a couple do a balloon release of one large balloon and they did it during the ceremony. So they walked down the aisle we opened up. I told everybody was unplugged, did all that. Then they walked back down. I gave the introduction to what we were doing. They walked back down the aisle to release the balloon. And they had about seven or eight minutes where it was like, it's complete silence. Violinist was playing and they got to really be in the moment. And they got some of the most beautiful pictures, ugly crying, holding each other because they, they, they gave themselves permission to have that. And, and to include it in the ceremony. So there are lots of ways that you can think about it. I don't know if there are any particular ones in the book of that, but if you're working with um, working with a professional or doing, when, when couples are looking up wedding ceremonies, go past the first page of Google, right? Go to like page 10. You know? Everybody's on page one. Everybody's on page two. If you're looking up wedding ceremony, you know, family members, Everybody has all those poems, all those scriptures, all those everything. Just go further, look harder, go buy it. Yeah. Um, and then really get into what you're trying to do with that part. You know, why are you having that? What do you want people to feel or think mm-hmm. when you have that ritual in it? So next question, how can we involve our wedding guests into our ceremony? You want to do that one, Elle? Oh, you want <laughs> I'll say, Elle, you'd be perfect for this because you incorporated them, right? I'll chime in, but I I think 
I think there's so many good things that I've learned from Latoya when I was officiating. And even though like I did incorporate a lot of my guests, I know that she has some like pro tips and then I'm going to come in with my bride tips right after. <laughs> okay. okay. So including the guests is always a fun thing. I kind of mentioned it with ring warming. I don't suggest ring warming if you have over 15 people that you want or start it at the beginning of the wedding where the whole wedding, you have that ring kind of going through the guests. So that way, by the time we get to ring exchange, it's up at the front of the altar. Um, I also love a good call and response, honey. When I do, before we do the vows, I always like for all the guests here, you're more than a wedding guest. You're here as a witness and a lighthouse for their journey of marriage and exploration of life. You know, your presence is a promise and blah, blah, blah. That actually is in the book. So that full script and sample is in the book. If you're like, well, what does it sound like? You blah, blah, blah does, girl. Now what? You know, you can get the book and find that ceremony option in there. Um, And then I ask the guests, if you're going to lean into that promise and be present for them as they as they explore life, please say we do. And they say we do. Uh-uh-uh, we're going to do that one more time. Everybody say, you know, I need, I need to see every mouth moving, okay? This is not a church choir. You get to be whispering in the back, okay? I want everybody speaking up. You can do ring warming. Uh, what's going to say? Ring warming, call and response. There are other rituals in the actual book that include the guests too. Um, and then you can have the guests hold crystals for you. I think that's also in the book. If you think hard enough, as long as you're intentional about it and you want the guests to be present, you can find a way that celebrates their presence at your wedding day. So that's exactly why I wanted you to go first, because like a lot of those things I learned from you and a lot of those things I wish I would have done in my ceremony. Like I wish we would have did like the vows for the community because um, I had an inner circle and that's my version of the bridal party. I had an inner circle, which um, was comprised of most of my husband's siblings and um, my like chosen family, Um, just because I have a like kind of a strange relationship with uh, most of my family members. But I wish we would have done where my community, the everybody that was there, like opted into like, it's all of our responsibility to make sure that our relationship stays healthy and that we're accountable for like everything that we do to each, do with each other, to each other, all of the, the, the hard times and the good times that we work that out and that people in our circle are going to hold us accountable for working it out because our community is important when we think about accountability and when we're not in a good way like it's easy to be bitter about something and like how do you keep yourself accountable all the time when y'all are going through stressful situations and you're not seeing a way out it's so I wish like we would have been like whole community like this is all of our responsibility to make sure like it's like village you know what I'm saying but I did do that for my inner circle and I had one-on-one conversations with people who are in my inner circle which again is why I'm so grateful that Latoya was not efficient because um, I hadn't had a one-on-one conversation with her because I knew she was going to be at a wedding prior to mine and was like at first not even sure if she was going to make the ceremony part Um, so when she got to be my efficient, I'm like, great. My friend is not only in my inner circle, but she's now like has one of the biggest charges. And like a lot of the things that I want to embody in my marriage, I've also learned from Latoya as she talks about marriage and as also because I do get to see her as a friend and I get to see how she is in her own marriage. Right. Um, so I had one-on-one conversations with most of my friends who were in my inner circle. Um, my husband had, uh, one-on-one conversations with his family members And our family members that we had the one-on-one conversations with 
all held an element for us. So I had a friend that was a water bearer. I had another friend who was holding the fire. I had another friend who was holding earth um, and earth was represented as a crystal as well as the flowers that were surrounded by us. Um, or surrounding us. I had another friend who actually planted or um, situated those plants on the day of the wedding. And that was her responsibility to pray into that space. Um, so everybody had a very like small role in setting something up and carrying an element in. But what that element represented was what they were actually, the role that they're actually going to be playing in our relationship for the rest of our relationship. So I joke with my friends that were in my inner circle. It's like, you know, we all married now, but like, no, I really, we all married now. Like me and Latoya, we married. <laughs> like she part of my, 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 my marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like all my friends in my inner circle are part of my marriage because um, if there's a time where me and my husband have a difficulty that we can't see it out on our own, then our earth keeper is going to remind us, Hey, your purpose is to play and to heal your generational um, trauma. Have you gone to therapy? Okay. My, my fire keeper is like, how do we cleanse this negative energy? How do we release this negative energy and how do we transform it? Um, and so on. Like everybody has a different role um, and it's our responsibility to check in with them when we have an issue that we're not able to resolve on our own. I like that. Like the fact that, you know, like you have this close friend circle that you trust and that you hold near and dear to your heart, like to include them in that way, like y'all are giving. And they have to be non-biased because if I'm wrong, they have to tell me I'm wrong. They can't Mm -hmm. like, yes, you're my friend, but you can't tell me I'm right just because you love me. Like you have to make sure what I'm doing is honorable and respectful for him as well. And the same with his sisters, like, Mm -hmm. and, and these people have like naturally done that in our lives, which is why we chose them and gave them these roles and also gave them the option to opt out of those roles because (laughs) it's heavy, right? Like that's a lot, like that's a big responsibility. I'm saying like, you really marrying us now? (laughs) Like you part of this? (laughs) Um, But, but just like being fair, to each other like if I call his sister and I'm like we going through something and here's what it is and here are all the the things that are happening like can you check in with him and hold him accountable and the same thing he can go to his sister or he can go to one of my friends and say hey something happened and and you know she did x y and z like I don't think this is right and also can we get together can we can we do something about this um can you check in with her? Can you remind her that she needs to be accountable? Because we're human, right? And we do make mistakes. And sometimes we get set in our ways. So if I'm being set in my way, it's going to be one of my friend's responsibilities to be like, hey, you need to you need to do better. You need to fix this. What's up with therapy? What's up with, you know, taking care of yourself? What's up with, you know, having your things together so that you can nourish where y'all are right now so that y'all can heal from whatever is going on? A true village. A true, true village. Yeah. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Another reason why I actually like this is because I think a lot of the traditional elements of weddings and being married is like when y'all have problems, you gotta just deal with it amongst yourselves. You can't go to nobody because y'all are the only ones in this marriage. And it's like there's truth there. However, you need to have people around you that can respond to what you're saying if you do need to vent or if there is an issue going on that will do so in a way that is 
for both of you, you know, not like, okay, I can yes. come to you. Cause I know you're always going to take my side. Like if I'm in the wrong, like you're saying, you need to be able to call me out because maybe me hearing it from him is not being received, but me hearing it from you. Cause you wouldn't tell me that unless yep. you really meant it. You know, I feel like that, that hits differently. Like, I mean, I, I just hit, Ooh, shoot, I forgot the other day. <laughs> so I just hit seven <laughs> months last week. But those first seven months have not been the easiest. There have been things about both of us that we have not seen before prior yeah. to this time. And that is also first, gonna keep happening. That it was gonna keep on happening. Right that, right on that. <laughs> see. And, but the thing is, like, at first I felt so like I couldn't talk about this to anybody. And there are, of course, like certain things that I wouldn't bring up because, of course, they are like between the two of us. But general kind of like frustrations of you didn't do this or I didn't do that. Just needing someone to kind of be that sounding board of like, OK, I'm venting. Obviously, you know, like I'm not headed to divorce, but I'm just frustrated and I just need to kind of get this off my chest. I love what you were saying because it's like you have, you've opened it up and allowed for these people to hold this role and they're not going to abuse it. You know, they're not going to abuse it. You know, they're not exactly. going to take advantage of it. But also, likewise, you're not going to come to them for a biased point of view or a biased perspective, especially if it is about the well-being of the two of you. So, ah, oh, I, I love that because, yeah. yeah. And, and my friends love him too. They would tell me straight, even before, like right before the ceremony, after like we, especially after we had the conversation, but they was like, girl, you said what to him? I know y'all, dang, I was trying, I thought of <laughs> man, I know. And like, before we even like getting into like, a issue it's just like you you already on one sis and not that I'm I'm not like like mean or like you know uh like ill to like any ill manner I don't act like that with my partner but every once in a while again we're human like and we are equally like great and also have some negative qualities in us too so like when something negative comes up or comes out they're like yo haha but no because that's really unacceptable and you can get it together. And I hope you apologize to him already. And if you didn't, you better make that happen. So it's like, you right. All right. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, you right. I can't even do nothing. It's like, and, and because they're my friends, it doesn't feel like, you know, a parent scolding me or like, yes. you know, somebody just telling me I'm wrong about something. It's just like, these are my friends. Like they are holding me accountable for making sure that I'm not causing harm to someone that I love. Whew, yes. All right. We got two more, though. I really am like, we could just keep on going, but y'all gonna have to invite her. I apologize because oh, yeah. running my mouth, y'all. Okay. And I feel like oh, you got two kids that rain. <laughs> y'all are good. Y'all are good. Yeah. All this information, we don't ran y'all time up. Okay. Y'all them followers, them listeners, if they want to hear from us again, want to invite us back. I come oh, back we going to bring y'all back. I can already <laughs> tell that. I can already tell that. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I do want both of these final questions from both of you. So what do you suggest couples do in lieu of a ceremony or the traditional ceremony this year 
if, and this is really like a question for me. So if they got married last year, maybe it was a micro ceremony an elopement courthouse, whatever. Um, but maybe they did always have the plan to have the reception at a later time, or maybe, you know, the way they postpone is going to be this year, it's going to be 2022. What ideas do y'all have for them so that it still respects what they did before, but doesn't have to be redundant? Like we're not doing the whole, you know, we don't have to do what we did then because we've already done it, but we still want to do something. We don't want it to just be a reception. Um, so I have a lot of couples that did that. And what I found kind of, I guess, kind of funny to me as being a professional, like from the inside out is that couples were doing that before COVID couples have been having a, a smaller, more personal thing. And then a larger celebratory thing later. Um, and for multitude of reasons, it, one of the primary that I experienced being was like, I need to have all that emotional stuff out before I go before 250 people. I need to be able to be intentional and soft and vulnerable and comfortable. So they will have that smaller thing with like just parents, just best friends, just cousins or something like that. They're like real life emotional support group. And then they'll go have that wedding where it's 250 people, folks that brought their plus one. You ain't seen your neighbor from church since she was 12 and they got an invitation. You don't want to be a blubbering, bawling, sprawling fool in front of people that you don't even know for real. So couples have been doing the two ceremony thing. Um, and for couples that are that are trying to figure it out now, let's say you had a small thing already. I would just say one, if you want to go through the motions of a wedding ceremony, you definitely can. You don't need to navigate so much the legal aspects of it. But if you didn't read vows before because it was like a quick situation and you want to read vows now, you surely can do that or flip it. Um, you could have a more reception style dinner than party thing, like a seated dinner where people have prayed over you or people share memories of you or you maybe tell your story like not everybody knows all the details. Well, we matched on Bumble and Tinder, you know, <laughs> like maybe you didn't tell the whole story at the wedding ceremony and people don't know. Um, but whatever the decision is to just like Eleni mentioned, I think a little earlier was make sure that it was you and you recognize that what you did already was enough. So you're not having to re-impress or redo anything. You're adding to the celebration of your, of your already union. So as long as you keep that ideal in place, I think that it'll be really easy for you to say, okay, well, we just want to have like, you know, my grandfather come in and pray because he wasn't able to be present before. And grandpa's going to do prayer for dinner. Then my mom is going to, you know, sing a song for us. And then my dad will play, you know, the harp or whatever the case may be. So do things that you didn't have a chance to do before, but had already been on your heart to have. Y'all. <sighs> I, I just am remembering like wanting to invite everybody I knew to my wedding and being grateful that it was COVID because I'm like, it said COVID saved me a whole lot of money because my wedding would have been too big. Um, and because of COVID, I was like 50 people and my, my husband has a huge family. So when I told them it was going to be 50 people, they're like, well, that's all us. Well, y'all gonna have to make space for my people because some of y'all people can't come because we only 50 because of COVID. Um, but being that and then being that there were a lot of things, not a lot of things, there were some things that happened um, in the reception that I just, 
expected and didn't happen the way that I wanted them to. So I would think about, was there anything in your beautiful, wonderful ceremony and reception that was less than what you wanted? And think about like, is that really important to you? Do you want that moment? Can you have that moment? And then maybe planning around those moments that you want um, to happen that you may have missed out on. Also thinking about how much of your ceremony do you actually want to redo? Um, Maybe you just want to throw the party. I think for me, I think I might just want to throw the party, but I want to wear my dress again. I want my husband to wear his suit again because we were fly. And then I might change because I realized I wanted to party. And as much as I thought I could party in my wedding dress, I couldn't. And I really want to be able to move and shake. So I would change my outfit and like just the little things like what little things happen that you would have preferred to happen differently? And how can you put intention on that? And then deciding like, okay, what is actually worth redoing? Do you want to go through the whole ceremony? Do you want to just have the reception? Um, And then thinking about like, you don't have to have the same financial commitment as your first thing, just because people are coming. You don't have to live up to anybody else's expectations around how many flowers, around what the the venue looks like, around where it happens. Um, Just knowing that like, hey, y'all, we did this already. We love y'all so much and we love each other so much that we're going to do it again so that all of y'all can be there with us. So the whole thing is about joy. It's about celebrating our love. And um, we're inviting you to that. And people should be honored and privileged that they get invited to that space. I wanted to share that I had a couple very particularly. They had and they planned um, a double ceremony before COVID. They wanted to get married on June 19th. So Juneteenth. But their family was like, it's a Wednesday. Ain't nobody got time for that. Who's coming? That's a weird day. So they had decided to elope on that day with the like, maybe 15 people and that they would have a larger ceremony later. Um, So they had like their dad, the brother that works in the hospital came, all these people were there. Um, And then COVID happened and they actually lost about seven of the people that were in that wedding that were going to be in the next wedding. Their grandfather included best friend, which is the maid of honor Um, brother ended up, you know, he was a hospital worker during COVID. So it was like, had we not done that, and uh, and we poured everything into that. It was just like under a bridge here in New Orleans. My bride sang, everyone was in tears. It was it was so so magical. And if we had treated that like the lesser ceremony, it would have been without those memories of those people that are actually no longer here. And so we recently did their big ceremony, and they did not have like the custom vows. We had the whole big shebang. It was like two hundred people. But it was a different feel because it was honoring all of the lives that were able to be here. And so we framed the ceremony like this ceremony is a reminder of love in our lives, a reminder to be present and to celebrate every moment that we have with each other. So like just making sure that even if you're doing the two, that each one gets your full attention. Each one gets the memories because you can't do any of them over. There are no redos. Um, And that couple really got to understand that. And so their larger ceremony had a completely different feel than what we originally imagined it would be. I can't even imagine. Girl, as they were like letting me know, like this person, that person, I was just like, oh, y'all, my heart, my whole heart, like (laughs) 
my whole heart. What, what? And, and they rescheduled about twice because something, another person was ill or another thing was going on or, you know, and I just was like, wait until you feel comfortable. And this, this, our, uh, the ceremony uh, last month, I believe it was in April. Um, they were just like, we don't want to wait anymore because it's, it's a literal celebration of the life that we have right now. We don't want to wait. Yeah, and we yes. did it. Oh, cause you really never know. Oh my yeah. Gosh. You really don't. I know someone who had the same situation. And like, when I tell you they lost both their parents and grandparents, both sets of parents and grandparents on both sides before they got married. And they're finally getting married this year. And they're like, we wish we would have just like pushed through with it last year and just it been small instead of worrying about it being like a huge thing. Mm, mm. Oh my God. All right. So last question, what advice? And I'm sure, I mean, this entire episode has just been advice after advice, but if you had to kind of patch it up into a quick little package, what advice would you give a couple that wants to step outside of the box on their wedding day? Have a wedding that is authentic for you and your partner and makes your heart uh, happy and calm. And mine is to give yourself permission to celebrate yourself as you are. I think a lot of a lot of the planning part is like you're so trying to stick inside of your Pinterest board or what someone told you, you know, my, my wedding story is actually in the beginning of my book, uh, in the beginning of laughter at the altar and my wedding was not mine. So everything that I share with my couples, it's because if I had a wedding vendor that would be open with me, that would communicate with me, that took me through the process, my wedding look would, would have looked way different because I had no idea what to do or what not to do. I had never really given myself permission to imagine what my ceremony could look like or not look like. The whole thing was a series of well-intended ideas from people that love us, but it wasn't us. So give yourself permission to imagine what your wedding would look like and feel like for yourself and then start there. I say that is, uh, I love that. Yes. I love that so much. I can't wait to get your book for real. Yes. I'm going to make sure that my fiance listens to this episode. Like, listen, like we need to just rework everything because we're in the process of planning right now and I'm not having fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so um yeah, so I'm a yeah, we definitely have to talk about some things now. <laughs> yeah, and and like look at it. So when my couples when my couples and I start working together, they get it's a smaller more compact version of the book because of course they're not getting like all of the background and details and insight cuz that's just me. Um, but they get to see the ceremony options and different things that we can do. And then we talk about all of them. And even if couples are like, well, I didn't resonate with any of them. All right, well, let's talk about that, you know, so that I can write something for you. And I've written so many custom ceremonies because couples are like, well, Latoya, you told us, like, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Okay, right. We're not going to do it. So when you're like navigating at least the ceremony part, um, make sure that you're doing it with somebody that can make it feel fun and easy and remind you that like, if no other part of the wedding, you want to be present and mindful of this part, because this is the part where your heart will fall when you think about your wedding day. Yes. And sometimes that stress is going to be there, 
um, breathe and don't rush. Play that little don't rush song and breathe <laughs> and know that the things oh, are going to be okay if y'all are doing what y'all want, if y'all giving yourselves permission, like Toya said. And again, if y'all are being authentic to yourselves, but there are going to be them stressful moments, but breathe, don't rush. <laughs> And I'm gonna remember you saying that too. <laughs> Seriously, the don't rush. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> me, you know, all right. Everybody doing a little don't rush challenge. Yeah. Hey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank y'all yes. so so much for this episode. I know it was a long one, but I feel like there was so much value here. Yes. It's one thing for us to have like a long uh, conversation and then both of us later are like, that was boring. Not at all. Not at all. But you know, no, like I said, yeah. I had a feeling this was going to be that way because of the way it started out. The way that like before we had even gotten to the game, like I could tell that both of you felt very passionate about what we were about to discuss. And I think that goes a long way. Those are the episodes that get the most downloads and like people are going back and playing over and over again, or, you know, say someone discovers this podcast or this episode three years from now, this episode will still be evergreen and be able to, be something that they can take something away from. And that's, that's the point, you know, that's the point. So I truly, truly appreciate the two of you. Yes. Um, yes and so we're going to move into the wedding vendor love. So who would you like to shout out this week, Latoya? So I picked three, right? Or just one, three. Okay. So I picked three and some of them I've worked with, some of them I haven't. My first was Flower Guy Braun. And I actually found out about Flower Guy Braun when the whole was like, we want to flip this industry upside down, right? Oh, we love Braun. He was, he was right there. And, and uh, Braun said something that I have never been able to forget. And he said, we've been setting tables since they brought us here. They already know about our abilities and our creativity. And I was like, yes, we have. You know, like, you stop playing with us. You know? <laughs> y'all already knew what we was giving. That's why y'all had us out here setting tables and all that, you know? Um, so I've, I've literally never forgotten that because I think that throughout all of this, wedding websites and, and publications and journals and things like that try to make it like, they were trying to highlight us. You know, they were trying to do us a favor by highlighting black and brown wedding vendors. When y'all been new, we here. You know, you're not doing me a favor. You just letting people know you've been checking for me. You know, that's all that was happening. Um, so Flower Guy Braun. The second is Fresh Johnson. And Fresh Johnson is actually a planner here with LRJ Events in New Orleans or based in New Orleans because she do weddings all over. But Fresh Johnson's weddings are like a party meet love. You know, her and I have worked together a couple of times at every ceremony wedding was a situation. Okay. I mean, it was just memorable, wild, just crazy and beautiful all at the same time. And her eye for detail and design is like, it's just always out of the box. She also had, she had a wedding go viral. um, And it was like Red Beans and Joe Loft. She had a native New Orleanian marrying an African guy. 
and their wedding hit the internet and it was it was everywhere. It was everywhere. It's gorgeous. And then my last person is Anthony Lamont with Capture Studio. He is, um, I met him right when I first started and he was one of the first wedding professionals that was like, girl, yeah, I'll show you everything. You want to see my contract? You want to know how to do this? You want to know how to do that? You know, he was right there the entire way. It never made me feel like he had been doing it longer than me. So, you know, I'm schooling you. He made it a comfortable conversation. And he and I work together all the time. He's actually the photographer for the cover art on my book and for every photo of myself in the book. Um, he was the photographer for that. He shoots my family and I. We shoot weddings together. He is definitely my go-to photographer for a lot of things. And I call him the king of detail because he's also a recovering architect. So I think that that meets how he photographs things and he just gets beautiful lines, beautiful contrast and, and the detail of everything. Um, and when I see his work, I know it before I even see who who's credited because it's just, it has its own style. So Flower Guy Braun, Fresh Johnson with LRJ Events and Anthony Lamoth with Capture Studio. Nice. Okay, Eleni, you're up next. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, double dipping or whatever, but my, I mean, my favorite wedding vendor is, you know, Latoya Peppy on her because, I mean, she just slayed my wedding. So, okay, girl. Like, you know, like, I mean, she got a book out, she got all the, all the things, like, a little redundant because, you know, y'all been hearing her talk this whole episode, but she really is my favorite vendor. Um, even in like the short time that we worked together, like, I felt so loved, so heard. Um, so understood when working with her um, and know that like whatever I would have brought her to the table and been like, I want my ceremony to look like this. She would have like held that without any judgment and been like, okay, how come y'all want it to look like that? And how can we make sure that that happens in the way that you need it to happen on the day of your wedding? The next two people that I want to shout out are not specifically wedding vendors, but also like my wedding was different, right? When I picked my vendors, I'm like, these people are with me in activist spaces. Um, I mentioned that I'm a doula and a midwife and like that's a form and herbalist and those are forms of activism for me and they happen to be my work as well. Um, and the photographers and videographers that I hired are also um, activists, photographers and videographers that photograph movement spaces primarily. So I wanted to shout out Sea Freedom Photography and it's uh, the letter C, Freedom Photography on Instagram. Um, and then Fernando, who's taking a little bit of um, hiatus right now, but is usually on Instagram as Sentir Con Ojos. Um, and I was just really honored to have them. Um, C Freedom caught a lot of my ceremony um, and a lot of like the precious details of the moments that we shared together. And then Fernando um, caught a lot of the movement in my ceremony. So all the party aspects, all the like the things that you're not supposed to show your kids, but I'm going to show my kids <laughs> at the reception. I, like, I really am going to show my children in pictures like, look, your mom used to get down <laughs> and I probably am still going to be getting down in my old age. So I really appreciate um, them capturing the, the precious details and also the beautiful, lively, raunchiness that happened on the dance floor as well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Fernando's a great photographer. Fernando and I have worked together a lot on weddings as well. So, you know, just double shout out for Fernando's like work ethic in the wedding industry. Cause I think yeah, he's one of yeah. those photographers that like, if you don't know, and if you don't have him in community with you, you're missing out. You're never going to know because he's not on like the big wedding websites. He doesn't care about 
promoting himself. He doesn't care about being featured. Um, his photo is published in my book as well of one of our couples together. And he's just like, I'm just honored for every wedding that we work together, you know? So he's one of those vendors. that's like, if you don't know somebody that know he does weddings, you won't have the privilege. And, and I think that's part of his magic. And he's not on Instagram like right now. So his Instagram goes up and down and right now he's taking it down. So it's just like you get him when you get him. And, you know, it's an exclusive, you know, honor to have both see freedom or Fernando. But like Fernando, <laughs> Fernando, real exclusive sometimes on the wedding tip. And for any couples listening to this, any of my couples or people that's thinking about booking me, I got direct connection to Fernando. He texted me like, Latoya, if you have weddings, call me. Don't worry about my Instagram. So if you want Fernando, you want that magic. <laughs> Go ahead and let me know. I get you together, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? All right. So, I am going to shout out a videographer and photographer based in the Atlanta area. He is phenomenal. He's done wedding videography for friend of the show and friender. Cara Davis Little. Um, he also did the wedding videography for one of um, my good friends, uh, Rachel and Jamal. By the time this episode probably comes out, um, we did a photo shoot with him and it was just spectacular. The energy was just amazing the whole time. Like you should have a good experience with your photographer. You should feel like you're vibing. You should feel like they will know when your hair is out of place or your outfits, you know, twisted or, you know, whatever, like you should feel comfortable around them and you should be able to trust them and be a little bit vulnerable so they can capture all those good sides. So that is why I say if you, and you don't even have to be in the Atlanta area because Sean travels, but basically I'm shouting out Sean Bartley he is just amazing. If you've heard of him, you probably know him as Sean B. But if you want to follow him on Instagram, go to Sean Bartley, S-E-A-N, S-H-A-U or W. Um, but yeah, he is simply amazing. Great person to work with. And I highly recommend him. So what about you, Tania? So this week, I actually have a photographer actually based out of New Orleans. His name is Adi underscore J. And when I tell you, like, his pictures are beautiful. Just the aesthetic, the way that he captures the movements, the way that, you know, like, that he edits these photos. Oh, my gosh. Like, they, like, y'all know photography is not my thing, but he gives me all the vibes, all the moods. And I don't even know if these are actual descriptions of, you know, his photography, but y'all, as you know, you all were listening to Eleni and Latoya, they were saying that, you know, in New Orleans, there's a lot of magic that goes on there. And when you look at these pictures, y'all, he's given all the magic. <laughs> so definitely look him up, Audi underscore J, that's A-U-D-I-E underscore J-A-Y. And he's based out of New Orleans, but he does travel worldwide. So um, look him up on audijphotography.com. And yeah, that's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So last thing for y'all, since we do have to let y'all go and have the rest of your evening, where can they find you? This is the moment to plug any and everything. Boom. I'm gonna go first this time. I was ready for that part, honey, because I was being real. My Look, my friends always get me about being modest and stuff because like I wear so many hats for my community that I just can never actually plug them all. Um, so being that that's a reality for me, it all falls under Ascension Art. That's A-S-C-3 N-S-I-O-N underscore art on Instagram or just Ascension Art, again, spelled with a three dot com. Um, there you can find my um, herbalism products. You can also um, look into how to learn from me because I also have an herbalism school called Atabi School of Cultural Healing. Um, and through Ascension Art, if you sign up for our mailing list, you'll find out when I do make herbal products and when they're released because those things are exclusive. They're small batch, they're handmade. Um, you will also in that email list, get information about how to book me as a doula if you're in New Orleans um, or possibly a travel doula. Sometimes I make exceptions depending, you know, if the coin is right, just being honest. Um, and then also you'll get the notification when Fertile Ground Farm and Midwifery is actually um, birthed. So I am a student midwife. I'll be taking home birth clients starting in 2022. But for all of that, you can follow Ascension Art, and you'll get all of the updates on Atabi School of Cultural Healing, Fertile Ground Farm and Midwifery, and so on and so forth. Perfect. And then, first of all, th thank you, Ellie, for saying all the things, okay? I hate where we have this idea of, like, shameless plug, right? You have to not talk about all of the things that you do or not, you know, overextend yourself. Take up all the space, share all the things, give them all of the interaction and ways to connect with you. Um, and my, my way to connect with me on social media, Instagram, my website, Facebook, is just my name. It's Latoya Pappy on her. It's, the L's are silent and it's just regular her. You know, I get, I get some wild pronunciations, okay? So you can find me on Instagram at Latoya Pappy on her. If you are interested in booking me for your wedding, you can go to waningmoonweddings.com. And if you're interested in sharing space with me, spiritual space, sacred space, you can find me on Facebook at Sacred Space with Latoya. But it all centers, you can find it all at latoyapapionher.com. And that's on IG and Facebook as well. And where can they buy your book, sis? Yeah, you can buy the book on either. Girl, <laughs> thank you. You can buy the book on latoyapapionher.com or from laughteratthealtar.com. Nice. So laughter at the altar.com takes you directly there. I just finished our pre-orders. All the pre-orders got signatures and numbers inside of them. The ebook is currently available and the hardcover copy will be available soon. It will be in stores soon. I'm actually submitting it to a couple of stores. Someone asked that, or I think Eleni asked that in the chat. It will be available in stores. I actually am submit sending it out and submitting it to a couple of locations. So I'll be excited to announce those. And of course, you can find out about it on laughteratthealtar.com or on Instagram with Latoya Pappy on her. But the ebook is available right now. You can get it on um, at your Google Play Store in your phone on Google Books or at laughteratthealtar.com. Love it. So Book much. is priceless, y'all. It's so priceless. 
I appreciate that because you know um, what is it? Imposter syndrome tells you all types of crazy things. It's so real. And real. sometimes I'm just like, maybe it wasn't enough. I should have put more information in. And then I read it, or someone tells me something about it. I'm like, it was enough. It does have great resources in it. I am very proud of it, and a lot of love went into it. So any couple that has it or goes to get it, please connect with me on Goodreads. You can find me. I'm on a Goodreads author, um, and let me know your experience. Let me know your insight and um, what you were able to create from it. We'll definitely do so because yes. I'm going to get it. And this going to help me come up with November. <laughs> yes, be yes. ready. So I can't yeah. wait. But So Tania, where can people find us? Yeah, you can find us on HeyYD.com. You can find us on HeyYDWed on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find Ashley at Demitosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Belsori on Instagram and Twitter. And that's it. Woohoo. And if you made it this far, like we say every week, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, whether you listen to us from Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera. We just truly appreciate all the reviews and all the love, whether you are a guest or just a listener, um, because it helps other vendors, brides, grooms, people like you um, find, you know, two chicks talking about weddings. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl. The two of you, thank you so, so much. I know it's nine o'clock where y'all are. We've been rocking for a good minute, but it won. We're Look, I'm actually probably going to go live on Instagram. My energy be so high. You would think I'd be tired of running my mouth, but I got eyebrows on tonight, honey. And I'm the probably going <laughs> The most. Yes, indeed. I'm going to probably give IG th- these eyebrows for about 30 minutes while I talk to them about, um, uh, I actually got a very special gift the other day and I'm going to share it with Instagram. And yeah, we're going to work it out. When we hit y'all up for that follow-up episode or that repeat, or we going to yeah. talk about <laughs> don't, don't act like y'all don't know our email. <laughs> I won't be no stranger. It's been an right. honor to be here, y'all, truly. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. We are so honored to have both of y'all. So thank y'all. Y'all have a good night. Yes, thank you again. Good night.